Hey, thanks for hanging out. I'm Rachelle Leanne, and you're listening to Thoughts About That. Hello, Katasha. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> you look so cute. I'm so glad you're here today. Um, and it worked out that we can got on your calendar really quickly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a, yeah, we kind of popped in here on a fast notice, but we got to do what we got to do. That's right. That's right. I'm here today with Katasha Gordon. And I like she is the sexologist that you want to know. Okay. I mean. You know, I, I think so. The people talk. The pe- <laughs> people do talk. How how do people find you? Um, mostly through other people. Okay. Um, a lot of my work comes from somebody else telling somebody that I do stuff. Sometimes they tell people that I do stuff that I don't do. And so they'd be like, my friend said that you know how to fix my marriage. And I'm like, girl, I don't know how to... Do that, but I—I I mean, <laughs> right? That's not a part of what but I it's do. Mostly, people just recommend me. Okay, people recommend you. So, so you 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 call yourself a holistic sex educator, yes. and you're a part of like like national um, associations. Yes. Okay, so you tell me how you got into this work. Oh, how I got into this work? Um, I was doing it for free. A whole bunch okay. throughout my life. And then I said, y'all playing in my face and I need my coin. coin. Um, <laughs> but it mostly just happened because um, I have a knack. I don't know what it is. I've always had it for people being able to open up to me. People what is that? Always, I have no idea. Like I would be sitting in the airport and make a friend next to me. And next thing you know, we talking about her butthole. And like that is a norm. Like that's completely normal conversation. Like I was at the dentist Getting my teeth cleaned. I was at the dentist getting my teeth cleaned. And I told the lady who was cleaning my teeth what I did. And we spent the whole next hour and a half talking about her ablations, talking about her sex life. Like, yeah. So, like, it's just a it's a natural thing that I've always had. And because I've been doing it so long, I have a lot of different people's experiences on a thing. So if you have a thing, I've probably already ran into a whole bunch of other people who have that thing. You mean like a kink thing? Yeah, or like just... a kink thing or even just a problem. Like if you just have like, you know, vaginal dryness or erectile dysfunction or any right. of those things, where else are you supposed to talk about those types of things? Right? right. And those are very critical parts of your sex life. Mm-hmm. And so when people find that place, <laughs> they dump it, right. they dump it all. And yeah. so... I just kind of got into it doing that. Um, I saw a need and I knew that I was a special kind of person to handle it because it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, statistically, only 30 percent of people talk to their doctors about their sex lives. And doctors are also not bringing it up like they're in the teens on how often they bring up your sex life as a patient. So, yeah, I don't ever doctors don't right. ever really yeah right that's so wild. who are you supposed to talk to that who are you supposed to talk to about that so that's how it came to be <laughs> it, it just it turned into a thing that I was just doing and then I wanted to learn more so that I could do it better mm-hmm. and I just kept learning so like you say that doctors don't in the medical industry we don't we don't talk about we don't talk about sex we don't talk about sex in school we don't talk about sex in our family. We don't talk about sexual health. We don't talk about sexual health. And so this big part of our lives, where are we supposed to talk about it? So you're just like, I'm going to just start meeting with people and charging their asses. I, so I started on Craigslist. Really? 
I love that. I started on Craigslist. So I started my practice on Craigslist. Just um, And the thing about that was is that, you know, everybody always considers Craigslist this deviant place with all these people. And all of those people are people who just don't have a place to go and talk about the things that they have going on. And so in all that time, I did it exclusively on Craigslist for maybe a year, wow. maybe a year or two. Um, and in that time, I never ran into a deviant. I never had any issues, never had any problems, any of that. These were just real people with they real problems. Real people who just like wearing lace or who just appreciated someone else having sex with their partner mm-hmm. and wanted to know why they felt that way and like what that means. And and so it's all where about- else will you put that? I mean, now we have like Reddit, I guess. Right. But but you're just kind of putting it out into the ethers. And hoping and hoping that somebody responds. So I try to go where they are. Like I try to go where people need help and where people are honest about the help they need. Even if like and when you go on Craigslist, like some of those things are just like, you know, people, whatever. But like I've met some pretty high profile people, like people that you would never expect that I have sat across from and had to talk to them about their sex lives. And like, they are just appreciative to have a place to do that. You're like the sex whisperer. I am. I'm a dick coochie whisperer. (laughs) You're a coochie whisperer. And you know what? I I feel like we, in one of my previous episodes, we talked about um, a little bit about LGBTQ and religiosity. And so how has that work been here for you uh, in the Bible Belt? Like... What, how how does that look? So I can't imagine this being a place we like to talk about coochie. You'd be surprised. Okay. But it is a place where people secretly talk about coochie and then get out loud and say, oh, my God, coochie is horrible. You okay. should not be using it for that. But when they get to me, they can be themselves. And so that's what you find out with a lot of those people is that they're wearing that that religion as a as a coat. Mm. and you know they want to show it off they put it on they fold it up so you can see it and turn all around but then when it's time to actually do the work they know they got to take the coat off and so one of the the most important parts of that for me was deconstructing my own Mm. religion because I did grow up here you know I grew up Baptist I got baptized when I was like seven and so I had to to unlock and deconstruct all of that to be able to be the best service to the people that I'm helping because I didn't want to bring any of those barriers into someone else. Mm. So I became atheist. Well, not atheist. I'm agnostic, which means I don't care. Right. (laughs) That's the best. That is the best description. Oh my God. I do not care. I I, I literally don't care. I believe in people, people. And I believe that if you want to do something that you have the power to do everything that you want to do, You don't have to go get it. If you need to go get it from somewhere else, I fully support that. Mm -hmm. But you as a standalone individual have the ability to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that people believe that. And that's why they don't give themselves that space and that grace. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, it's crazy, Katasha, because deconstruction, I mean, I'm still in mine. And I mean, I went to a church here locally. I'm not going to name drop. <laughs> drop. But like the preacher fully stood at the at the top 
at the stage to all these people, multi-site locations, and said, you can't masturbate. Yeah. I was in my 20s. (laughs) I was in my 20s. And imagine hearing this and then all of the other Black people also in community groups and stuff like this also hearing this. And it was just a confusing time. Right. And so deconstructing myself has been amazing, by the way. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 recommend (laughs) to be unraveled. Yes. But... Like, it's it's wild, like... It is wild, especially when you know what goes on in those communities. Especially when you know. And so that's always been my biggest thing, is that I don't care what you're talking about because I'm watching what you do. Right. And that's always the that's always the, the real key to who people are. Right. So I, even though I am agnostic, I feel like my moral character is so much wider than other people's because I make space for everyone. You make space. And when you have to make space for everyone you have to be able to protect the space that you created. Mm-hmm. And so that is very, very big Sacred. for me. Yes. And a lot of times it doesn't allow for that. And even if you think about sex, I'm married. I'm a married woman. I don't have any children out of outside of my marriage. I don't have any children, period. But even they don't think that I'm qualified to talk about sex. Even in my marriage, I am married to someone who loves me. And even in that, they don't give the space for those people to experience sexual pleasure within their marriage. Mm -hmm. So there is no space that sex is not controlled Mm -hmm. when you start putting those barriers and start putting those coats on and you got a bubble vest, you got a coat, you got a long sleeve, you got long johns, you got all this other stuff on and all that stuff is just smothering your pleasure. And you have to take it off and unravel it to be able to understand what you even like. Right. You don't even know what you like. And that's, I think that's, I think there's a lot of reason why some people are deal with depression, deal with, because it's like, there's no pleasure. So it's like, you know, where, where are you, where are you getting that where dopamine Where are you getting that from? dopamine rush it's, from? It's, but that's very, very real because pleasure in itself has been outlawed. And, you know, religion is one of the main just telling you can't masturbate. You can't eat this. You can't wear this. You can't do that. Like that doesn't take any of your autonomy into account. Right. But that's the purpose of it. And again, I'm not against religion. If it makes you better, I'm 100 percent for it. But if it is stifling you and if you feel like it is uncomfortable, you are not if you feel like you're going against your body and like your body has its own needs and desires. You were a sexual being from the moment you were able to play, move your fingers. There are children playing with themselves in utero. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like there, you can, there are, there are sonograms of children who are masturbating in in utero. So that is not even something that like is being taught to you. That is a, a natural right that you have. You have the access and the right to your body, but society and religion and all these other things, especially if you are femme or femme presenting, you don't have access. You don't have control over your body. You don't get to enjoy sex. You don't get to enjoy things. You just get to be there. Sex becomes something that happens to you and not something that you are are a part of. You don't get to choose what color I like, what size I want. You don't get any of that. And so that's what all of that does is that it tells you that you don't deserve these things. You don't deserve pleasure. Even when you're talking about non-sexual pleasure, think about 
the things that we like to eat, the places that we like to go. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always told you shouldn't be down there. Don't eat that. You know how I many calories is in that? That's going to have you up all night. It, I like it. Like it. So the things that we are, the things that we find pleasure in, there's always going to be a subset of people trying to tell us that we don't need that. That we don't need it. And, and, and the thing is that sometimes you don't. Right. But you should be able to pick when you don't. Right. right. And that is the thing that we don't allow people to do. We don't allow people to pick their pleasures. Hmm. We allow them to pick the pleasures that we give them. That's a, that's that's true. That's that's real. You know, I pleasure is it's it's not even something that was ever associated in any space that I've learned about about sex. And it's the biggest part. And it's the biggest part. Yeah. Right? And so when you talk about overall health and you know, I'm a sex educator, so of course I think that my work impacts so much, but if people people were more sexually healthy, they would be happier. What does sexually healthy look like? It means it, it looks like getting the things that you want out of your sex life, getting the desire, getting that dopamine rush from your sex. Sometimes people are having sex and not, nothing's even happening. They're just doing it because they're supposed to do it or because they want to do it, because they're not getting the type of stimulation that their body desires. And that's different for every type of person. But we don't know that because everybody just watches porn and assumes that this is how you're supposed to have sex. Not realizing that you are watching two actors Mm -hmm. acting. These people are not in pleasure. They are acting for your enjoyment. You are watching Viola Davis and Samuel L. Jackson give you the performance of their life while they're naked. Right. You don't know if either one of those people are enjoying that experience. So how do you find out what you like? How do I find sexually what I'm in? What kind of stroke do I like? What kind of pressure do I like? What kind of stimulation do I like? Where do I like that stimulation? But we're not doing that. So we get in bed and we just expect the other person to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes now this is where I go in on women all the time because women are champion orgasm fakers. For no reason. Let me tell you, let me say this again. No person wants you to fake an orgasm. Nobody wants that. Why do you think women do it for for so, ego protection or? No. Scientifically, they did a study on this. Women value, and I say women because the study was on women, wasn't on, you know, AFAB or trans women or anything like that. It was only on women. Okay. Women value their partners studies, I mean, their partner's orgasm more than they value their own. Damn, that's pretty sad. So in the study, it's it was a study called Determinants of Female, Determinants of Orgasm something, Determinants of something. And it's a whole bunch of information in there that they collected about like orgasm statistics and studies. And the studies say that like 50, I don't, don't get me on these numbers, but I want to say 50% of the women valued their par- partner's orgasm or either said it was very important, more than they said their own. Like their partner's orgasm was more important than their own. And why do you think that is? It's because, so I have asked a whole lot of women this, and it is because women believe that they're supposed to be fantastic in bed. Mm. And because men can come so easily, if they don't make that happen, they take that personally. Mm, Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's supposed to happen so easily, like they take that personally. But you don't have to include your fake orgasm in there for him. His pleasure. Right. And the thing is, that if you talk to men and you ask them, they will absolutely tell you, I want to know what to do. Tell me what to do. I have never had a man sit across from me and say, she just got to take what I got to give her. 
They want to know, but it takes the other person deconstructing how they have what they've built around the orgasm, the feelings they've built around it. Because it just automatically, like I've done hundreds of, I've talked to hundreds of women. I've done hundreds of events. And I asked them, why are y'all faking orgasm? They said, I don't know, but I know I'd be in there putting on my best performance. Why? That, that doesn't sound like any like anyone that is aware of their pleasure. Right, because we don't, that is not something that they've ever been focused on. So when we had sex ed, even though you have all these nerves and all these things in your body, you have all of these feel-good places you're told that you're never supposed to explore them. You don't know. And the only way you know it feels good is if somebody did that to you once. Like, they did a thing. And then so that guy takes that thing that he did, that he knows that you liked, that he goes and does it to someone else, and she doesn't like it. You might not have even liked it, but you was in there acting and putting on this show. And so it is a it is being able to say, finding the space to say, Hey, I like it when you do this. Right. Or I really like when the pressure, when you put this much pressure on it. Or I, I love it when you touch me like this. Mm-hmm. Instead of just taking what you got and putting on a performance and not being satisfied. Right. Because even though, even though women do not have orgasms normally during sex, during heterosexual sex, mm-hmm. orgasm is the number one predictor of sexual satisfaction. Hmm. In every case, case. it is still the number one predictor. So even though, you know, women have gotten into this this circle where they say, you know, I don't need to have an orgasm to have a good time. That's cool. But when you ask them when they take the coat off and ask them, the orgasm is very important. That's what you say when you're trying to lessen the blow for your partner because they can't do it or because you can't do it or whatever. You say, I can still enjoy this experience, which you can but if you are not getting that orgasm, you don't consider your sexual health at a the priority. Peak. Yeah. You don't consider it at the peak of doing what it's supposed to do right. because you're not getting that orgasm. Yes, you're enjoying sex, but you're not getting the full, the full, the thing, full effect of it. The full right. shebang. Yeah. And so when you look at that and you have to talk to people about like what they really want and what they really like, they want an orgasm. Mm-hmm. We're in this. We're in this time right now where I have actually, I shared one a video on my timeline, but people are touch starved right yes, now. Very, it's not even right now. It becomes like you are, as a baby, you have, yes. you know, you have needs as you have touch needs. Right. That is built into you. It yeah. is not something that you are, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is not something that you grow. It you have that. Right. And you can teach yourself not to need it based on the trauma and whatever it go you have going on in your life. Right. But as you as a whole human being, you require touch. Right. But we don't do that. We don't even take the time to do that. But it's not necessarily just all our faults. Everything in our lives is so sped up mm-hmm. because we have so many different places pulling at us. So when you think about, think about a husband and wife Mm -hmm. who have children. Okay. Wife has a job. Husband has a job. Kids, kids have sports, school, homework. They need attention. Mm -hmm. You have friends that you're supposed to keep up with. So you have all of these different things. Mm -hmm. When do you make, so when you put sex in there, it's a thing that you have to do quickly. You know, you need to have it done because it's time your body feels that it's time I'm ready to have sex, but you don't have the time to make it an Make it an um, experience. Right. All you have to do is time to do the sex. We 
going to do oral sex for about five, six minutes. And then we go, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's a lot of people's lives because they have, they're tired from work. They're tired from kids. They're tired from all these other things and you don't have the energy. And that's why you have to make the time. Mm -hmm. Like your sexual health is so important because it inadvertently affects all of your other health, your physical health. If you don't have sex regularly, you, you run the risk of a heart disease, you run the risk of prostate cancer, more like a higher risk of prostate cancer. Like you, you can literally, if you don't, if you keep stress in your body. Yeah. And it doesn't get out. Yeah. And it doesn't get out. You don't. And that's a release. That's a free release that you have. Yeah. Being able to engage in sex with someone that you care about and someone that you can like get that dopamine rush from. And a lot of times sex is happening, but that dopamine rush is not happening because you're not really involved or interested in what's going on. So when you make it into a a way that you feed your body, it helps your overall health. And I'm not going to lie to you. I am absolutely one of those people who gets upset when I don't have sex. Really? Yes. I will turn this house upside down. What are you talking about? So can I ask how many times a week do you have sex? So not as much as I want to, but that's not my fault. But a, a week, we probably have sex maybe once a week. Okay. Um, I would like that to be two or three times a week. Okay. Um, but sometimes we, girl, now sometimes we'll get in the phone and we'll go a couple days in a row, like right. four or five days in a row. Yeah. But. And that's, that's frequent yeah. for today and yes. everything that people have going on. Right. And, and so, you know, especially with you know, me and my husband, we both work. My husband, he, um is an engineer and he's also a producer and he got an 18 year old and you know, these teenagers is crazy. (laughs) And so like, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for both of us. So we try to like squeeze it in, but like we don't have the life right now, but we're working toward that. Like we absolutely know that this is something that we want to do more often, but like making the time to do it. Like sometimes we'll make plans like, man, I'm going to tear your ass up when I get there. (laughs) As soon as I get home and then get home and be like, can I just lay down? I just need like three hours. <laughs> like, cause you'd be so exhausted from like going out, doing work, doing people stuff. So I think that however much you like to have sex, you have to make the time to do that. I don't even think people know how often they want to have sex. And then if you're dating, how does that happen? If you don't, if you're not, you know, living with someone and you're dating, it's like easy, fuck yourself. Okay, yeah, solo pleasure. So here's the thing. People don't rely on solo pleasure enough. Enough. They don't. The expectation is that you're supposed to get that dopamine, that rush from your partner. Mm -hmm. No, you can get it from yourself. You can fully do all the things that you expect your partner to do and do it for yourself. Light a candle, run a bath, rub yourself down, make it do more than just, you know, putting the vibrator where it needs to go and... But it that's the thing. Like, we don't do that. We don't. It takes effort. That takes energy. But it takes effort to have sex. It does. So, like, you you have to make that time. You have to make the time for yourself and then share that with your partner. So that's the number one thing that I tell people, especially when you talk to couples and they're like, it's not enough sex. Are you fucking yourself? I do. Now, if we talk about all the sex that I have, right. I probably, probably about four times a week. Okay. Like, so you're, you are sexually 
healthy. I would hope so. I would hope, but I I know that. But it's a priority. In yeah, your it's life. a priority for me. So I make sure my stuff is always plugged up. <laughs> if I think in the morning, like you know, I'm gonna rub one out tonight. I go plug my rose up. I'm gonna go plug up this Hitachi worm. <laughs> That's how I am with my third gun. Um, I like, guess I need to add the add that one. But yeah, yeah you you're right. Like you have to it's make like, that time. And even when you are having sex with yourself, it should not be just a grumpy getting it out because you know I need it and the other person can't give it to me you should be able to please yourself yeah. not just have an orgasm but please yourself yeah so hmm. it's a journey so make it yeah hell yeah it is so making making pleasure priority whether it's solo or um if you're you know partnered then you need to talk about it to be able to you know make sure that you're planning it in and it's not just a quickie or whatever right and, and let me say, quickies are fine. Mm-hmm. If they are both agreed upon, we only have five minutes, the kids come in from practicing, we got to get it done, that's yeah. fine. But that should not be all of your sex. That should be 10 to 15% of your sex life is having to get it in pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But when you think about sex, people have a, a linear idea. Mm-hmm. It's penis and vagina. Like mm-hmm. lesbians don't exist. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, homosexual men don't exist. There are people having all kinds of sex that is yeah. more than penis and vagina. Right. Yeah. So we have to expand our ideas, especially when you think of all the types of orgasms you can have. Like, I just watched a TikTok about that this morning. It, it, she was talking about the four different types of orgasm that a cooch can have. And I was like, I never categorized them like that. Yeah. So they did a study and um, they used a toy. I can't remember the name of the toy, but it's like a um, a wave, um, pelvic spasms. Like you have like different parts. Different. Yeah. And so when you have it, and this is one of the things that I learned that I use in my orgasm training, because a lot of times uh, women don't think they never had orgasms and you actually probably have. It just doesn't feel like the clitoral orgasm that you usually have. So you don't think that you're having orgasms, but you absolutely are. Okay. You absolutely are. And once you learn to lean into those other types of orgasms, like it'll start becoming a journey for you. You'll be able to figure out like I can come and I'll be like, OK, that one came from in my cervix. Like I'll know where I, and I can stack them. Right. So. Being able to blend your orgasms and to be able to stimulate more than one area at a time time is going to give you a more powerful type of orgasm and different feelings and different, you know, bursts when you experience, when you get to the top of it. And so sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a wave and sometimes it's just pelvic contractions. And when you think about squirting orgasms, you can actually have three types of squirting orgasms. So, wow, that just factored it out. Cause I heard about four squirting was one. So you're saying now there's, there's four under, under, so under squirting orgasm, you could have a squirting orgasm that comes from your bladder, which is, which triggers your, the contents of your bladder to release. You can have a orgasm from your skin's gland that contains PSAs, which is prostatic specific antigens, which are like the educate same. me, Katasha. Okay. So you can have those. You can have a squirting orgasm for your bladder. You can have one from your skin's gland that contains the PSAs, and you can have one from your skin's gland that contains no PSAs. Hmm. So the one from your bladder comes from your urethra, right? Mm-hmm. And the other ones come out of your skin's gland, and that's the one that, that feels like your, you're peeing. Yes, that's the one that feels like you're peeing. But the other ones are activated through your skin's gland, and so they produce a fluid that doesn't necessarily shoot, it might dribble. Mm-hmm. 
because it's coming from a different type of place. It makes sense that she talked about the dribble one. And and the thing about, I keep hitting this, sorry. The thing about the orgasm is, is that the orgasm actually happens in your mind and your body reacts to the... So it's like an earthquake. Yeah. So you get the, you'll get the, the rumble. Rumble. Right. And then the body's like, okay, let's go. And then it's like, whoa. So you can have an orgasm from not stimulating anything. Just if you are in tune with your body. Like a sapiosexual. Yeah. No. no. So a sapiosexual gets turned on from having. Intellectual conversations. Right. Having a mind orgasm is being still, not stimulating any parts of your body and using your memories or your thoughts to arouse you, get you hot and create an orgasm. In your mind. In your mind. You, You have them when you sleep. You don't have any control over the orgasms you have in your sleep. Wow. Okay. So those that can happen without any kind of stimulation. You can have an orgasm without touching any part of your erogenous zones. So when you think of that, just that fact, I can have an orgasm just sitting. You really realize the scope of... There's a spectrum of orgasms. Yes. It's not just this one thing. Right. 70, what is it? Um... 30 only 30 percent three out of 10 women experience vaginal vaginal orgasms so very few women have orgasms from just vaginal intercourse Mm -hmm. very few women and so so some a lot of people out here aren't experiencing orgasms is that what we're saying that's what we're saying okay yes that's what we're saying and so even when you talk about cis men you talk about cis hetero men Yes, they experience 90% of orgasms, but they have an array of orgasms they can have as well. They that can they're have, not having. That they're not having. They could have retrograde. And sometimes they do. So if you've ever, if, um, if you as a penis holder have ever had an orgasm and nothing came out, that is considered a retrograde ejaculation. And you can do a retrograde ejaculation and never have to stop fucking. I've never heard of this. So the ejaculation is what makes the penis go down after. Right. If you don't ejaculate, you can stay hard. And so what will happen is instead of the ejaculation coming through the urethra like it usually does, it goes back into the body. It can go into the bladder if, you know, depending on how you do it, or it can be reabsorbed back into the body. And you can keep having sex if you experience a retrograde ejaculation. And, and dudes don't even be knowing this. They don't even know. They, because it's so easy for them, they just do the thing that they know how to do. And that's what sexual health is. And it's is. not no expansion. Right. It's understanding that your body can do so many things that you have no idea. That's crazy. So, so, okay, I'm, I'm going to throw this one at you. Do you think that being with one person can meet your needs? It depends. So everybody's sexual needs are very, very different, right? And so what if you're with someone who has no desire? What like if asexual. I'm, yeah, what if I'm with someone who's asexual? Then yeah, I might need some another person to fulfill my sexual needs because there's nothing wrong with the person who's asexual. They're not obligated to give me the sex that I want. So yeah, you might need to bring someone else in or have that conversation with your partner and, you know, make room for other people because sex is... Sex is sacred. It's yours, right? And so you don't get to have access to someone else's just because you want it. You can find someone who wants to give it to you. And see, that's the missing link, I think. Um, Have you ever watched The Principles of Pleasure on Netflix? No. Okay. Well, I feel like that's that's a, a missing piece because, you know, monogamy pretty much teaches 
you know, this is... You got to accept this. You got to accept this. This is how you're living for the rest of your life unless you want a divorce. Right. And go play, you know, or move on with your life. But... That's so unrealistic. It's very unrealistic. And I think that um, it's something that we need to talk about because, you know, our parents... A lot of them were miserable. So, first of all, my mom and daddy was not together. And I was conceived when my daddy was married. Oh. <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying. You look at the people who are making these rules and the people who are pushing these rules. They're not even following them. Not even fucking following them. They just want oh, you. Oh, God, they're not. <laughs> they just oh, want you to do they it. They just want you to do it. They're trying to control the pooch. And it's like, for what? It is very much that. It is very much that, like... It's, it's like the the TikTok band, like w- y'all just trying to, con- you know, uh, get our focus on this so that y'all can go and yeah, yeah, y'all doing all too much band together, right? <laughs> so you know, this is I think this is beautiful because I feel like that you know, especially now, like we're older millennials, and you know, aunties didn't talk about that, right? You know what I'm saying? And so it's like we're in this place now where we're trying to learn our own um, pleasure. There's people that are. I watched the TikTok of a, uh, of a woman who said she is in the house six out of seven days of the week. She only has human contact that one day when she goes to the store uh, or go to the office, go work at her office. And so if you can imagine, that's a lot of time without touch. It is. That's a lot much. of time without um, conversation. conversation, without pleasure, without. And so uh, there's actually this book and I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it in the show notes, but it's called Together. And it's by, I believe, the formal, former uh, Surgeon General of the United States. But he talked about the pandemic that we're actually having is the pandemic of loneliness. That So that was the pandemic that we were in when we were there. Like I was watching people cry from being alone mm-hmm. there. And so, but you know, for some people, my husband is a hermit. He loves it. He loves being in the house. Like six days in the house is nothing to him. He's wow. fine. But like other people, I'm very social. So yeah. for me, it was detrimental. I have to make reasons to go out of the house. Yes. Like, and so that's me taking my own autonomy and my own priorities and saying, I can't sit in here. I can't sit in here. Like, and so that's yeah, the thing. That's is that, huge, man. And that's why I think that uh, this is not what we're talking about, but I honestly believe that sex work should be legal. You do. It, I absolutely do. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe sex work should be legal. And because you shouldn't have to manipulate someone to get the thing that you need. And that's what's happening is that when sex is the driver, people are willing to manipulate you to get it. Hmm. No matter who you are, right. man or woman or trans or whoever, you know, and that's very dangerous for them. And that's that's the biggest issue is that with with trans individuals is that. People are willing to try to manipulate them. They don't even, you don't even know what they want. You don't even care. You don't even care. You have a fetish or you have a thing that you want to do. And, you know, they making all these rules. Nobody's asking them what they want. And so I honestly believe that sex work should be legal. So you should be able to go out and pay somebody for all the shit that you want to do because there is someone who will take your money to do it. Yeah. I mean, we see people paying for for feet. So think if you were married, 
you married, you've been married for 21 years. You know, your wife is a good Christian woman and your kids are grown. And now you want to get peed on. <laughs> now I want to get peed on. Can I go to Barbara Ann and say, Barbara Ann, I really... No, you can't. Take your $300 <laughs> and take it to a building right. and get that fixed. Pay her for that. Pay him or her for that service and go on about your business. Well, if we do that and we accept that, then we first have to accept that kink is okay and your pleasure, like your desire for getting peed on is okay. I mean, yes. a lot of people still think that that's, you know, some R. Kelly type I shit. I know. And, but so you can't control that. That's the thing is that I have never been able to control what people think about what I do. So, so how do you control the shame or how do you deal with the shame there of is, like... There is no shame. The shame that you're hearing is their shame. Their it's shame. It's not Projecting. yours. Yeah. Like, I'm not ashamed. I like what the fuck I like. Right. Like, that's... I don't understand where my how and why am I embarrassed? I'm having time in my life. <laughs> so it's ser like it's seriously, you have to make it a priority. You have to tell yourself that you deserve that. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get peed on. Like it's a it's just like everybody wearing those big red boots. You remember fucking those, boots. Everybody hates those fucking boots, but somebody keep going out and buying them and styling them, and y'all not gonna tell them they can't wear them dumbass boots. And they gonna wear them. And they gonna wear them. And, and make on. a video about and it. And be flying and those be boots. Flying, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like when you decide that you're gonna be the person you're gonna be, it don't matter what other people think about your boots. But if we don't have a safe space to talk about these things, I'm not gonna talk about this in my Bible study. Not that I go to Bible study, but you know. Because, I mean, I'm th I'm thinking right now, like, if I really wanted to talk about this, I have about mm, two people in my life that I could talk to. You know, I could book a session with you. That's that's three people um, outside of, like, Reddit. Okay. Well, it seems like you got a whole bunch of people on Reddit, though. You, okay. So that's what it is, is finding your community. Mm -hmm. That is... I feel like I find my community on TikTok. So it, if that's where it is, that's where it is. Mm -hmm. So there are always people who are willing to talk to you about the thing. You just have to go where they're at. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only sex educator in this world. Right. There, and if you don't like the way that I teach, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, there are so many people that deliver this information in the way that you can have it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to you like this, but right. you don't have to take it like this. You right. can take it another way. There, any, there, for whatever you need, there is someone in sex education who provides that service. And I'm support everybody who do everything sex workers everything because yeah. they are providing a need mm -hmm. all the time and you don't think we look at sex as a need no like they are providing a need yeah. and watching people live unapolog unapologetically as themselves mm -hmm. you can't do anything but respect that you can't you, you can't do anything but respect it. And so I know all these people who do all this weird ass kinky shit and I respect the hell out of it yeah. because I know what it takes to go and spend $2,000 on a rubber suit because that's what you like. Wow. Like, do you understand when you decide to walk in your purpose, how big you become? Like when I decide that this is what I'm going to do. And that's why I say sexual health is so important because once you build the blocks to to make your sexual health better, you can use the same processes to make the rest of your life better. Yeah. Once you strip off the shame and everything that comes around sex and you start becoming you, it will help you become you in so many other places. 
you can take all of those tools and use them for everything. But if you start with sex, it gives you a tangible thing that you can say, okay, I want to fix my life here. You can have a better heart. You can, I laugh. I I have one crying laugh episode every day, minimum one where I can't, like I have to hold my, like hold my head and make my body long so I can get all the air that I can get. Like, and so that is because I know that I am happy. I'm happy in who I am. I'm sexually satisfied. I can satisfy myself if I'm not sexually satisfied. Like, and I've been able to do that my whole life. So I've been able to be me during this end, no matter who I was dealing with, no matter what relationship I was in, I was always able to be me because I know who I am. And I know what I like and I know what I want. And I'm not scared to try nothing. Right. Bro, let's do it again. Yes. Let's do it again. You know, that I've always thought, you know, from the first time we met, I I just thought that you were just very sure of yourself. I mean, you've got to be in this work. And, you know, the space that that you create for people is just, um, I think it's just powerful. And um, not everyone has had that those lengths of expansion you know not not everyone because everybody's fucking working they're tired they're trying to pay bills like sex and be black and be black safely somehow and um you know it's like when do I have time to you know what I'm saying go out there find community for these feelings that I'm having or this experience that I'm having um you have to do it though like, even when you think about, do I have time? You don't have time to do anything. You Everything you do, you make time to do. Everything you do, you make time to do. Every single thing. You can lay in the bed all day. You made the time to do that. Mm. Everything you do, you make the time to do. So you have to decide, this is important to me. I have to make the time to do this. And especially if it's going to be something that's going to feed you. Having a community is fruitful. It is being able to have a place to go. Like my friends would just show up and be like, look at this, look at my booty. Can you tell me what's this, what is this in here? And here I am, they on all fours, and I'm looking in their butthole trying to see what's going on. This motion. I need to know what's going on. So like you need to have a place. Once you do that work and you make the time, it pays off. You get the the you get the good from it. I First of all, I'm just thinking about your friend and you looking at her booty. <laughs> allow my love my catch. I'm just thinking of somebody in doggy style. Listen, you. And like, I'm like, okay, well, I don't <laughs> you moving cheeks to the side and stuff. That's hilarious. But you're right. You know, um, I spent a lot of time uh, the last couple of years in a nursing home. And people were so sad and I saw old people crying and it was the most heartbreaking thing. And I, you know, when you have those experiences, it changes you forever. Um, And so that with like what I've been, my own journey and then like finding space on TikTok for where I feel like I have, um, similar, you know, content interest and things like that. Um, you know, you find this, these people who are black women who are, um, 
you know, either not in a relationship or they're just coming into themselves, like with their sexual um, identity and just not knowing like how to start going down the street with it. Like, how do I start? So let's let's talk about that, because for black people, how did your sex start? Like for us here. How did how did sexuality begin? I mine mine started with a uh, an older friend touching me, a woman. I mean, a girl. Same. So uh, mine started with me being introduced in a way that when I was not prepared, right? Right. And so we have that. But let's go even further back. Let's look at our our mothers and our grandmothers. Like they were property. Damn. You know, our, our men were property. We were bread. You didn't. So when would you have started that journey? I did a story about this for Healthline in the 60s when they were going through the free love movement. During the 60s when they had their titties out and they was smoking weed and putting flowers in their ears. We were fighting for our lives. We were having dogs sicked on us. So they were fighting for love. We were fighting for life. So... That whole movement, that whole free love movement happened at the exact same time the civil rights movement happened. I didn't ever put those two and two together. So when when would we have ever been introduced to the idea of pleasure? We went from slavery to being bred to being raped. Damn. All, from slavery to our parents being property mm. to the men that they own. I mean, to the men that they were with because they couldn't have bank accounts. They couldn't have, and those men were slaves to the market. Like they had to work. They couldn't be loitering. You know, it was, and we always, they passed laws for black women to work. There was never a period in life where we didn't, where we had the option to not work. Right. right? So we're talking about uh, a collection of workers, right? Who are still fighting for their lives Mm -hmm. to care about their sexual health. Yeah. And that is my biggest hurdle is convincing black people that your sexual health is important when they're trying to just stay alive. Mm. I mean, because how, if you're worried about feeding your babies, if you're worried about... Have you ever sat across a black woman who was pregnant and was scared for her fucking life to go have a baby? Like, she was scared. She's like, I might die. Mm -hmm. Like, so even bringing life into this world could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. They don't have the time. They don't have the space. How can you? So I have to like, okay, I know that. And I know that that's important, but you need to get these little semblances of happiness. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out how to, how to get them, how to control them, how to bring them in. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we think that happiness is you're supposed to wake up like that. Yeah. You're supposed to just no, wake I, up. That's how social media makes it look. Yeah, you're supposed to wake up, get ready with me, put on some cute clothes, right. put on rouge. No, that shit don't look like that. Yeah. All of that is a decision. That when you watch those people, and that's why I say, like you talk about when I talk about depression, I know that it is a powerful thing, but I also always say, when you are ready, start taking care of yourself. That's how you get out of it. Figure out how to take care of yourself. So when I'm sad, I know what I'm supposed to eat. I don't necessarily eat that. So when it's time for me to get my shit together, it's time for me to get some yogurt and some granola because I've been eating Ted's wings, which I'm going to go get today. <laughs> which I'm finna go get today. Well, oh, yeah, that last night. Okay. But like, you know when you're not taking care of yourself. And so when you see people getting up, putting on that makeup, seeing this, 
know mm. that this is a decision. Like it's I woke up to do this Ooh, yeah. to take care of myself because this makes me feel good. So you have to find those things that make you feel good and use them when you feel bad. That's what we think when we feel bad, we're just supposed to feel bad. Like, damn, this is a bad day and I'm sad and all this. Like, no, go have a coffee, go sit at the lake, go for a walk, go poot in a mall and see who reacts. Like, do whatever makes you happy and give yourself those dopamine boosts because that's what they're for. We train those reward. Our reward system is a trainable mechanism. Mm -hmm. So if we tell our bodies, this is a reward for us, we like this. Our bodies will be like, okay, we like, we're going to go hiking. She like when we do this, we're going to be hiking. Ooh, that's so good, yeah. That's what your body, it's a trainable mechanism. So you have to train it by giving it the things that it likes, especially when you said. Right. Especially when you said. I went, I went to have dinner this weekend by myself. Okay. And uh, it was very interesting, Katasha. I, I eat by myself all the time and I'm married. God will leave Bruce at home so fast. I love you, babe. <laughs> well, it wasn't so much that it was, yeah, I was hungry and I wanted to eat. I was an extrovert pre-pandemic, but I don't think I am anymore. And, um, but what I was going for was to be social. Um, but I had my phone, it was going dead. So I put the food in my mouth. I kind of scarfed it down. I, w- I was like, I, w- I walked to the bar. There were too many people there. There were no open spots. I was like, all right, I'm looking weird. I'm finna walk out. So I walked out. And because you thought you were looking weird. I did. I was like, they know. They know I'm alone. Oh my God. I texted my friend. I was like, okay, I want to go out. I want to be around people today. And no one's available, so I'm going to go by myself. And I don't want to talk myself out of this. So I need to just check back with me in a couple hours to see what the fuck I'm doing. And so and so she did. It was good. I got dressed. I went and I went to a place that I had been before. So it wouldn't be like, you know, completely shocked. I knew the layout, knew the format. I didn't struggle with this before the pandemic. Like I... I could go somewhere by myself and it wasn't, uh, when I say go, go somewhere, I mean like go go to a social place, not like just a restaurant like McAllister's or something like that, right. but like a social place where people are standing up, they're drinking, you know, conversing, whatnot. And, you know, my friend was like, she likes to people watch. So she, she said it wouldn't be hard for her, but it was difficult. It was, um... It was outside of my my box. How did you feel when you got done? That's a good question. So I felt um, good, but I was disappointed. I was disappointed that I didn't stay longer mm-hmm. because what I ultimately went for, I didn't get. Okay, but it but was. You did a little but bit. I did a little bit, and th- and that's just me being hard on myself. Um, but yeah, it's like somebody said this on TikTok, and th- it was um. This woman, she said, I love how I can find my people on TikTok, but where are these people in real life? They were there. They're always there. So the thing that stopped you from having fun was you. It was no one else. It was you. It was all the things that you thought that everybody was thinking about you and that, you know, you were going to be uncomfortable and weird. I don't give a fuck about looking weird. I will sit here and look weird. Okay. Like, so. So that, yeah, that's definitely something that. 
But like you did. Okay, so for me, it is not an issue. Girl, I will go when I go when I say I'm hungry. I'm not going through no drive through. I'm finna go sit down and cross my legs and eat my food like an adult. Like right. I don't, you don't, I don't have to do, I don't have to scarf nothing or do right. nothing. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to eat because that's what the fuck this place is for. But it is that you concerned about the outside, like what everybody else is going to do. Like you came for, you have fun for you. I did. So like when you do that, I'm very proud that you did do that. And I'm very proud that you were very cognizant of how you felt, yeah. but understand that those were not your feelings. You're wearing everybody, what you think everybody thought of you. When you went out, what you thought that everybody was thinking, seeing you walking by yourself, I don't give a fuck what y'all, you should be looking at me. So I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not conceited. Okay. But you should absolutely be looking at me because I got dressed to come in here. Yeah. Take it all in. You need me to stop? You need me to pose, turn to the side? Do you want some, you want to see this fat old ass? You need all of it? But seriously, like I am so unbothered by those people because those people don't know who they are even if they did think that about me they don't know who they are that's why they're worried about me how much are you getting paid to be concerned with me not a goddamn dime so you don't have no reason to be concerned about what you think about me when i know me way better than you know yourself so how about this i went somewhere um not too long ago for uh, drinks. And I think I got hit on. Probably happens all the time. What? What? Like, I I literally, like, after it happened, I was like, wait a minute. Did I just get hit on? Probably happens all the time. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> what? I didn't, I didn't get the memo. And then, so I didn't know right then. And so I was like, fuck, that's wild. Like, I didn't even know. I feel like I was being awkward. But at least you figured it out later. Like, what if you never figured it out? When you never realized somebody just had a titty on your shoulder and you were just like, I don't even know. Like, so again, there is, that's going to happen. And so that doesn't happen because of how you look. It happens because of how you present. When you are confident and you walk into a space and you just exist in that space, people are going to be attracted to you. Like, even if they're not attracted to you, like sexually or whatever, like you're going to make friends everywhere I go. I make friends. I know. I know you do. And I I would love to be a fly on your shoulder and walk around to hear your conversations. Listen, and they be wild conversations. But like, I'm just living. I'm just walking and living. And oh, so I love that about you. There is a there is a confidence in knowing who you are. And like that started before I was in. People used to always tell me I was sexy. Even before I knew what that meant, people would say, like, you're very, you're sexy, but you're very sexy. And so I never considered myself pretty or beautiful, but I always considered myself sexy. Like, it took me getting out of high school. Because, you know, when you were in high school, like, I didn't have no boyfriends or nothing, but, like, I didn't have no boyfriends because I was a boy. <laughs> you're a side boy. Like, no, I wasn't, but I could fight. And, like, and I used to rag. And so I was one of the guys. Like, I dressed like a girl, but, like, I was one of the guys. And so, like... I would get friends on all the time. Like, if I liked the dude, he would be like, yeah, that's the homie. I'm like, damn. But then it was like, when I came into my energy and I was like, okay, well, let's roll on this a little bit. Let's roll on that sexy. I rolled on that sexy and then I became beautiful. And then I became pretty. Like, just from leaning on the thing that I already had. And so, once you become confident and comfortable in yourself, it raises a, a whole nother awareness of you that other people can smell and feel and they want to be attracted to it. They want to be, it is, I don't know how to say this without sounding cocky, but like people are always trying to be near me. 
They want to be near me. I love that. I want you to want to be near me. I want you, I want to be a light. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And so that happened. I didn't bring that. I didn't ask for that. That just happened because I became myself. I became into myself. Right. So once you start moving through your own space, and uh, that is me knowing that no matter how fat somebody think I am, no matter how bald my edges is or whatever, I could suck a fucking avocado through a metal straw. Play with somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, play with somebody else. Please play with somebody else. So I don't care. I don't care what you think. I know when I'm throwing that thing back, my husband is back there looking at, in his mind, the baseball cards and his grandma and all that trying to hold out. Like, I know. I know what I'm doing. So, like, that don't make me care what other people think about me, outside or inside. Because you just don't know. And your bad shit. Your bad. Yo, bad. I mean, this, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day. And I, you know, I feel like we, we talked about a lot, but there's, there's this part about the needs part that I really want to hone in on because it's just, um, I mean, hearing the numbers, but also just knowing my own journey and then knowing what I see on TikTok, like it's, it's sad. And I, I feel like even in my own life, like I want to make pleasure a priority. I don't, I don't think that's been. Please do. You know, you know, I don't think that's been. um, Even at the forefront of your mind. No, it's not been at the forefront. It's not been at, it has not been where it needs to be. Okay. And I I think that's huge because when you talk about, when you talk about depression, you talk about all these things, fucking recession, all this shit. And we have this free, you know, level of like medicine and and pleasure. Yes. Um, How can you do that when things aren't perfect? So the best thing that you could do is I keep a notepad on my phone of all the things that I like to do. My favorite ice creams, my favorite place. Every time I be like, oh, I want to try this place. I write it down. Mm-hmm. And so when I don't feel good, I go to that place. Mm-hmm. I go to that list and I pick one of the things on the list. Okay, I'm going to go get ice cream. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to go to the lake and watch the sunset. Oh, I'm going to go draw. Mm-hmm. Like, and if that don't work, I'll do something fucking else. Like, do, And that's the thing about self-care and needs is that we tell ourselves that we only need a little bit. You can have as much fucking self-care as you want. Mm-hmm. You can do a million things a day if you want to. Mm-hmm. You make the time for it, but you absolutely have to make time for some of it. Some of it throughout the day has to be about you, especially if you're a mother, if you're a teacher, if you're a nurse. Those are jobs that nobody's going to ever ask you, are you okay? Mm-hmm. So whose job is that? You have to make that your job. Yeah, you have to. And then once you start taking care of yourself to the level that you want to be taken care of, the people around you will take care of you in the same manner. Mm. Like that, my friends, you know, I have a lot of best friends. I got way more than the regular people. But like through my process with my mother uh, dying recently and through that process, I've had so much help that I never really even had to ask for. I just go to them and I'd be crying and they'd be like, what what we, what we need to do? I go like that, having those, having those kinds of resources and knowing what you need when you are sad and being able to make the steps to go get it and not wait for somebody to bring you the happiness is the key to your happiness. You are allowed to take care of yourself if you don't feel bad. I mean, if you, if you feel bad, yeah, you are allowed to go out and do things just for you if you don't feel good. 
If you are depressed, if you are sad, if you're lonely, go out, get in the mix, get dressed up, smush them titties together and go get in the mix. Mm -hmm. Like there's always things that you know that you like to do, but you just don't think to do them when you're sad. You just think you're supposed to be sad. Right. Or you need medicine. But you have medicine right at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing against people who actually take medicine. Well, I absolutely, hold on, because I do believe that you should be taking medicine if you need it. Because there, sometimes people are danger to themselves, to the people around them. And so until you learn how to do that on your own, you absolutely take medicine because you need to be here. Right. I don't give a damn how you can snort coke if if that's going to keep you here until you figure it out. Like I am 1000% about do what you need to do to stay here, to figure it out. But your job is to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Don't just stay here to be here. Stay here to figure that shit out. Right. I love that. I I, I think that this was so beautiful. I know that um, we've just touched on it, you know. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, <laughs> I'm so glad. I, I, I'm ho- hoping that, you know, I'm looking forward to the feedback that we get. Y'all l- let me know, like, what you thought about this. Um and I I can't wait to just see what people say, like, after we put it out there, because this this was, I think, out of my comfort zone a little bit. Like, I didn't know, like, I had some things right. to ask, but I, I didn't really know, yeah. you know, yeah. but I think I think it went beautiful. So I'm so thankful that you that you came today. Thank you. Thank so you where, where can we go follow you, Katasha? Um, where where can we go connect with you online? Oh, okay. So I have my own website, expressionofrepression.com. Um, it's on most social media. My name is Katasha, C-A-T-A-S-H-A. Uh, on my Instagram, it'll be a picture of me and a big dildo. That's me <laughs> and Clinton. So you're in the right place if you see that. Um, but yeah, you can pretty much follow me anywhere. Um Facebook, LinkedIn, Fat Life, whatever. I have accounts on everything. Cause you, I mean, you have a book coming out, right? I do. I have. Um, so I had a book last year, maybe last year, called Headhunter's Guide. Okay. Um, that was about fellatio, and so mm-hmm. this year I have a book called Headhunter's Guide: Ode to the Munch. Ooh. That's coming out about coochies and you know how to give, how to how to please coochies, and nice. so um, that'll be out on April the twenty first. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm drawing up all the coochies now for the book. So. I saw that on your stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm drawing drawing up the stuff, trying to figure out which one I want. Like, it's book writing is such a weird thing because, like, there's a process people tell you, but that's not my process. I just be doing shit. And then turn into a great book. So just hey. Well, you're gonna have to, you know, share it. I definitely will. When yeah, when you're done, I'm I'm excited about that. Um and uh so y'all go follow Katasha. Buy her stuff. Buy my stuff. Buy her stuff. And she also posts the funniest stories every day on Instagram. Please go do yourself a favor and follow her stories. Like, that's a part of my life. I make time to do that. Yes, like, I know. I, and I and I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I sit and find the funny one. I'm like, oh, I'm going to share this one. And yeah. They be so funny, girl. I'm all about happiness and pleasure and, and, and life. Like, right. I'm about living life. So I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that and spreading that today. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Thoughts about that was brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.